Hi, everyone. I hope you're all well. I've got a fabulous guest today. It's the celebrity hairdresser, Sam McKnight. I've known him for quite a while and he's worked with some of the most amazing women in the world. So I'm going to get to know him a little bit more along with you. Ah, oh, well, this is lovely, Mr. Sam McKnight, soon to be MBE. Ooh, <laughs> congratulations. Well, you know about that, don't you? You, know, you can give me some advice on what to, <laughs> what to wear, right? You know, the one piece of advice, don't wear high heels, which you wouldn't. <laughs> I'll try not to. I think I stopped wearing those in 1975. I think, you know. <laughs> That's right. The guys wore as thicker yeah. heels as yeah, we did. Yeah, we used to drive in them. I think oh I sat my, my driving God. test in platform shoes, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, what, yeah. what were the big wedges? That's his story. Well, because I've got small feet, so I used to I used to be able to go to Sasha and get them. <laughs> uh, I'd get the women's ones, but the, the big oh, chunky wedgy things. Brilliant. That's absolutely... <laughs> well, don't wear them. Okay, no, I won't get them out. That was the one thing when I got my little nod. Um I thought I'm I'm gonna wear flat shoes, so I'm gonna wear trousers. So, um, and I got a lovely text from Stella McCartney, who I've known since she was born, saying, can I dress you? And I said, yeah, but I want a trouser suit. <laughs> I dress from the feet up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will try wearing flat shoes and, yeah. and trousers. It's a lovely day. Anyway, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's Thank lovely. You. Well, well deserved. Anyway, this is lovely. So you've... Now, after all these years of being this celebrity hairdresser, have brought out your own brand, correct? Of yeah, well, products. We, 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 uh, yeah, we did. And we started that a few years ago, sure, about six years ago. Uh-huh. Because I, 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 about six or seven years ago, I was, no, about seven or eight years ago, I was a pro, God, it's so long ago now, I was approached by Somerset House. Let, let me start from the beginning. Go on then. Start I at the very all, beginning. You know how it is. I don't know if you ever kept all your tear sheets. I kept all my tear sheets Did in you? boxes oh that went around every flat or house I ever moved into. And the last move was 11 years ago. And I thought, no, I am not doing this anymore. I can't. These are just, they're going to, if there's a flood, they're going to get ruined. And they're, they're, it's kind of amazing because I had all the magazines. It, it was a fantastic collection. And I found a lady called Tori to digitalize everything. You know, so to scan it all, digitalize it and, and, and archive it, really. And she worked for Somerset House. Somerset House saw it and, and thought there would be a great exhibition there. You know, sort of 40 years of fashion pictures, really. Hair pictures, but yeah. fashion pictures, yeah. really. So we did a book and an exhibition at Somerset House. And after that was, while that was going on, we thought, you know what? Now's the time to do a line of hair products because we are so kind of, we've kind of, We've done everything else. You know, we kind of, and because it's funny. Uh, do I call you Twiggy or Leslie? I don't know what to call oh, you. Oh, Twiggy. Twiggy. Yeah. Okay. Twiggy. The only people um, that call, well, my mum, and, my, my mum and dad called me Leslie. Not many of the family. My stepson, that's really? about it. And my sisters, right. obviously, because that's, but apart from that, no, it's Twiggy all the way. <laughs> I watched on Sky that amazing documentary of you when you when you first started, when you were, you were still living at your mum's. Um, I, I was a bubby. Oh, my God, it was so incredible. It was so fantastic. <laughs> all that lovely old footage. and Just amazing. You, I mean, just incredible. Anyway, having kind of done the exhibition and the book, 
the book was like, this is your life. You know, you kind of, you, I had 22 boards in my, my house was covered in boards with pictures <laughs> on it. And to get down from 40,000 images to... 40,000? Yeah, to, to oh, three or 400. Uh, and, um, and, you know, you go through them, you think, oh, this one's not with us anymore. And what a nice day. we I've got a really good memory, luckily. Uh, not for what happened yesterday, for 40 years ago, though, you know. And um, you go and you, you remember the nice times you had with people because it's mostly 99% been amazing nice times, you know. Um, the, odd, the, <laughs> the odd blip gets kind of put to the back of your mind, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think most people in our business are really nice, actually. They really are. In over 50 years, I've, I can probably name, which I won't ever, Two people who were a pain. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and it's not bad, is it? Yeah, and how amazing! You you look at it and you think, oh my god, what? How amazing that I have met and and spent loads of time and her relationships with all these different people from all over the world, all different backgrounds, and um, so it was a bit like this is your life, and we thought, okay. I kind of feel I want to do new things. As I get older, I'm going to be 68 this year. And as I get older, I want to try new and different things. And um, this is the time to put my energy into a product line because I had some really good ideas. And we kind of, we, we, we started off very, very small after the exhibition six, five years ago, I think. And we've grown and we've kind of, we've really grown a lot this year because we, 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 we launched some, Great um, shampoos and conditioners and treatments. I say, and, I, I, thank, thank you. I've had some samples. Thank you very much. Oh, lovely. And they're lovely. We've got some, do you know what's great for you, Fringe? We made these hair wipes, which are made from witch hazel, um, aloe. Yeah. And they are bio, totally biodegradable. They're made from tree, tree pulp cellulose and they'll clean, they're fantastic for cleaning your fringe. They're yeah, amazing. Yeah, because often I don't need to wash my whole hair. Yeah, you just you, need to wash the front. I often actually. I actually usually put my head in the sink and wash my friend. So I can use those instead. They're absolutely brilliant. They're fantastic. And we'd, we'd had that idea a few years ago, but we couldn't really do it because they were all made from plastic. But now they're making things from tree pulp and stuff. And it's just, and mushrooms and stuff. And I'm, I'm just really loving all that, you know? That's amazing. And they look, the product looks lovely as well. I love the Thank packaging, you. the Thank colors. You. The fragrance is lovely too. Yeah, you'll you'll love the fragrance. Absolutely gorgeous. So you were born in Scotland. I was born in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Why born haven't in, you got a Scot- Why haven't you got a Scottish accent? <laughs> I left there when I was eighteen, maybe nineteen, and I came and I worked in London, and I, I ended up working at Moulton Brown in London uh, in the late seventies, and no one understood what I was saying, <laughs> and so I had to kind of modify my accent, and then through years of. London. Then I lived in New York for eighteen years, on and off. Did you? I did, and wow. I, I saw you on stage with Tommy Tune. Did you? In the eighties, <laughs> yeah. What was the show called? My one and only. Yes, it was absolutely brilliant, Thank absolutely incredible. No, it was great. Um, it was great time. I'm not. I'm not just saying that. Uh, it was amazing. Well, I thank mean, that you. was. Well, because I had no idea you could sing and dance like that. It was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. On stage, that is no mean feat on stage as well on Broadway. Eight times a week. It's, um, I mean, I loved it, but it is, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Ask anyone who, you know, in that profession who, yeah. if you film and TV, I mean, they're all 
have their challenges, but eight times a week is tough because well, it becomes uh, your I, life. I, I have a lovely client called Jodie Como who um, did Brilliant. L- last she's year. Um, she's amazing, Jodie. Did you see her stage thing last year called Prima Facci? I did. She, she's just one woman on stage for nearly two hours. Oh and my God. it will blow your mind. She's doing Broadway from April. It's going to Broadway. So if you get the chance oh, to see Oh, if we were in New York. It's fantastic. I, no, I'm, I'm it's amazing. a huge, huge fan. It's amazing. 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 So what were we talking about before I digressed? Yeah, Molten Brown. So I was at Molten Brown. Then I went in New York. So my, my accent got... I mean, I kind of, I wouldn't say I regret it now because whatever will be, will be. Well, when I'm back in Scotland, it's its quite strong again. Does it but, come out? Does it come out? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I spent a lot of time there over the past few years because uh, my mum was getting older. So I'd go and see her a lot. Um, and we lost her last year, year oh, before last. Sorry. So no, it's, she was 89. She had, she had a good innings, as they say. And um, so my accent's kind of weird. I know it's weird, but there's nothing I can do about that now. So when, when you were growing up in in... Whereabouts in Scotland? Uh, I'm from a little coal mining village called Newcomnock, which is about 50 miles south of Glasgow. So did you, as a little boy, always think, oh, I want to be a hairdresser or...? Oh, God, no. I was, I was, I went to teacher training college when I left oh, did school. did you? I did, yeah. I went to, I left school kind of having had A-levels and O-levels and all that stuff and... I think when they don't know what to do with you, they, they send you to teacher training college. <laughs> uh, well, they did back then. And you know what? My, my, I'm from a coal mining community, so to get into a college was was really a big thing in I the 70s. I say, I you bet know? your mum and yeah, dad were yeah. very proud. Absolutely, they were. And then two years in, I hated it. I just did not like it at all. I thought, what am I going to do? What am I doing? And uh, my friends owned a few hairdressing salons and a a disco and a restaurant all that kind of stuff it was that so they i used to do odd jobs for them driving a van and stuff you know during the holidays and and then i i I slowly ended up kind of i was rubbish at waiting tables and (laughs) i tried a bit djing but that was too much hard work and i ended up in the hairdressing salon at, at the weekends and and it very quickly kind of the buzz in a hairdressing salon is quite amazing. You know, it's quite it is, um, I know. unlike anything else. You know, it attracts the most eclectic, fantastic, fun-loving, creative group of people that I had ever been in before, you know. And I just loved it. And a year or two later, I had I'd moved to London and I worked in a few salons and ended up at Moulton Brown, which was just the most fantastic place to be in the late 70s. Well, I say for people who don't know, Moulton Brown was a big, big salon, wasn't it? It was, it was. And Michael and Caroline, who owned it, um, they were the first people really to do organic products. You know, they they made them all in their their, their cottage in Wales. And, really? I mean, That's yeah, yeah, they did. And we, we'd use seaweed lotion and stuff, which always used to go off because there was no preservatives in it. It would last <laughs> two or three weeks and it started to smell bad. But the products were great. <laughs> I mean, they they did, um, I think they were, they were so sort of forward thinking. And uh, I mean, to this day, I still see lots of the staff that were there in the 70s. So it kind of, it, it you you have great... You build great relationships, I think, you know, and what you, you, you really bond with people in those situations, no? Because it's hard work. Yeah, it is hard work. Yeah. And you're on your you're on your feet all day. That's what always amazes day, yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. 
You, you know, you pull back and your legs yeah. and your feet because yeah, you're I, up and, you know. But <laughs> My poor back now. I'm paying the price now. Well, that's, I'm afraid, what happens. Yeah. But I always thought, I've always thought that hairdressers are also a bit like therapists because women talk to, I mean, they tell their hairdresser everything. <laughs> but also... The, the, it works the other way too. It's a two-way street because we, we we offload too. You know that it, 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 in the salon as well, but in the dressing room with models, actresses, hair and makeup, you have that hour or two. First thing in the morning when you're both really, yeah, you're probably most raw and vulnerable, right? That's so right. you kind of you're kind of offloading on each other. And to be honest with me, I know it, it and this is not in a horrible or negative way, but it almost goes in one ear and out the other. It's a sort of, I'm not carrying it with me, you know, and it, it's just a, it's just a kind of really healthy way of, of unloading your problems first thing in the morning, but having a bit of a moan, a bit of a, a bit of a cup of tea, all that stuff, you know, no, it's, it's, true, it's really actually. nice. Yeah. When I, I mean, I do sessions occasionally now, but when we do, and also we laugh. Yeah. And it, it kind of gets it? the go. Yeah, I mean, I've, it's true. You know, I mean, I I probably I've got a good sense of humour. I think, but yeah. I, I think I laugh more when I'm getting ready <laughs> to do a shoot. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Because you hear stories and and you know, of course, it's like, it's of course, and you know that you know that the stories that are told in there are not going anywhere else. You know, they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're staying in there. What's you know, told in of... the dressing room stays exactly, in the dressing room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hi everyone, I hope you're all well. I'm really excited because I am going to be doing my first live show <laughs> as part of the London Podcast Festival in King's Cross, London on Saturday the 16th of September at 7pm. And I have the most wonderful special guest who's going to join me and have a chat and have tea with me. And that is the wonderful, the hilarious, the divine Ben Elton. So if you'd like to come and join us and join in the fun, please go to kingsplace.co.uk and type in Tea with Twiggy to book your tickets. See you there. Bye. What was the moment when you left Moulton Brown and started to do well, photographs? Yeah, I, I, because at, at Moulton Brown, um, I... I mean, I had been aware of Vogue magazine and Harper's Bazaar, Harper's and Queen it was then, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, I had, you know, I was aware of you. I was aware of uh, the kind of beautiful images that were being published in Vogue because uh, they, they had them in my library at school and I was, I'd always thought they were quite fascinating as images. But uh, back when I was, it was the early 70s, it would be Bailey, Norman Parkinson, um, Helmut Newton. It was that kind of era pan mm -hmm. avidon so i'd always been really amazed by these image makers if mm -hmm. you like but i had no idea that there was hairdressers on those shoots because <laughs> it was it was really unusual it wasn't because because you guys used to do your own hair and makeup quite a lot didn't you? i have to say yeah when i start i'm and i'm like a decade before you started yeah. really yeah because my career started in 66 i mean i was like a baby in arms obviously i was very yeah. i was 16 and very green, but you know, and as you know, Leonard cut my hair. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, the yeah, hair yeah. was the hair was there. I just yeah. had to wash it and dry it. Yeah. And we always had to turn up at the the shoot. There were no makeup artists. 
Yeah. So all that makeup I did, I did, but you did it at home and you came to the studio after 8.30. Amazing. So, it, but I think by the time you probably got into that, the makeup artists were around like Barbara Daly, who I... Barbara then, was around, yeah, Barbara yeah. was around. I think and, she and, started in late 60s, early 70s, yeah, didn't she? yeah. But it it was it was a fairly new thing because I was sort of mid to late mid seventies and 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 this idea because usually on the shoots they would get a hairdresser from a salon you know it would be Leonard it would be Vidal Sassoon it would be Martin Brown it would be Michael John and and quite often they wouldn't have a hairdresser on a shoot the, the model would do their own hair and when I started it was. It was a special thing to go on a shoot. Oh, so there weren't that many shoots going on, were there? Really, it was it was well, quite a small. But when you, I kind of checked out of the modelling world in the seventies. Yeah. I was, yeah, you know, doing a you were doing stage Broadway. thing. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on Broadway, yeah. darling. No, <laughs> but I decided to kind of go the acting, singing, dancing route yeah. because yeah. you know it's not like I planned it. It's just you do one thing of and course. it leads to another yeah. thing, and yeah. you know. But you say that, but it's also about recognizing those opportunities and 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 saying yes saying yes you know that's what i say to young people trying to get into my industry i said just say yes yeah if someone asks you to do it just say yes don't say no because if you start saying no they go somewhere else just no. say yes no it's true actually yeah the opportunities and, and jump in with just both take feet them. yeah yeah um so i got sent out from Molten brown to do a few shoots and you know in at the deep end one with vogue with I think it was Anna Harvey or Sheila Wetton. Remember Sheila Wetton? And I kind of got the bug for photo shoots. But at the time, there weren't many people not working in salons doing photo shoots. They all came from salons. There was a few people who did film and stuff, and they were, or they would do hair and makeup. They do both. But I was rubbish. You would not want me touching your face with a makeup <laughs> brush, that's for sure. And um, so I just got the bug for that. And in 1980, Michael, obviously Michael's running a business. He said, I can't have you all out doing photo shoots all the time. So we're going to kind of put a cap on it. You're going to have to come back in the salon. Well, the bug had bitten me. And I, I actually left the salon and started doing photo shoots. And everyone saying, oh, my God, you are crazy. How are you going to survive? Well, do you know what? I had a little car and I used to drive around. I did about 20 <laughs> clients and cut their hair. And, and I did one photo shoot a week, which which built up over a few years into a career. Because it, it, it was about being there at the beginning of something. And I kind of yeah. thought, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. And once you've learned a skill, I thought, oh, I can always go back in the salon if it doesn't work out. I say you could, and also, like you just said, you've got to sometimes have a leap of faith and do it. Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I, when my opportunity came to do that Broadway show you're talking about, I mean, I, I was terrified. I'd never done anything like that before. I mean, I'd done a record, I'd done a TV show, I'd sung and danced a bit, but to do it eight times a week on Broadway, that's scary. Amazing. But, but if I'd have said no, if I'd have said no, look what I'd have missed. I mean, it was amazing. So did you do The Boyfriend before the stage show or after? The Boyfriend was before. Yeah, The Boyfriend was before. That was 19... We shot it in 69, 70. Right, okay. And that, I mean, that what a brilliant film. <laughs> it's mad. I mean, amazing. But he, yeah, cha yeah. he, changed, he changed my life and career because I was only 20 when I stopped right. modelling. Amazing. I mean, you know, most often... 
people don't start till then, do they? <laughs> uh, but my life is, has been weird. But but again, it's taking the chart. I was, you know, I, you know, when I did the boyfriend, I was nervous, but I had Ken behind me. I think if you've got somebody who believes in you, it gives you a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you want to please them and you want it to, you know, be okay for them. Yeah, I, I think at the beginning of my career, that very beginning when I started doing photo shoots, I had the wonderful Anna Harvey from Vogue and Liz Tilbaris. And Liz was kind of, Liz had just sort of started being the fashion editor. So those two championed me at the beginning and I would always be, both of them no longer with us, sadly, both wonderful women who I will always be grateful for. You know, it's having those mentors is, is really oh. vital, isn't it? Yeah, well, my mine. I mean, apart from what happened to me in England, the the big mentor that I would say turned me global was Diana Vreeland, who was the editress right. of American yeah, Vogue. Of course, yeah, because yeah. she was so powerful. I mean, she frightened me to death when I first went to New York and met. She was she was scary, and uh, but she was lovely, and we became really good friends. But it was because of her you know, taking me to New York and saying this, you know, this is the girl, this is New York, yeah. you know, it changed my life. Yeah, yeah. amazing, amazing. Wonderful. And you took that opportunity and there you go, yeah. Scary as it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always scary though. It's, it's quite good to be a little bit scary, no? It yeah, is, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, you get that adrenaline going. A lot of what happened to me was due to the... I mean, it was one element, but the haircut was incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did one of the most famous haircuts on the lovely late Princess Diana, which yeah. is the the it was it Patrick de Michelio. It was Patrick. Yes, it was Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it that, was, we, that that's an yeah. iconic set of photographs and the hair and the look. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. So is it? It was. Hair is actually so important. It changed my life. Because <laughs> I think if I hadn't have had that haircut, would would that have happened to me? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is, it's changed my life too in many ways, you know, but of course, but, but I think, um, I think it's, it's not just about the haircut. It's about the zeitgeist. It's about, the right time in the right place is or when all those elements come together and and something just happens and it's it and all the stars are aligned and it just is it just works it just somehow works but it but the, again it'll only work if people are taking those risks you know were you doing diana's hair before that or no no I was just that the first her. time you met her we were in uh, Perseverance Works in Hackney Road Studios, and we were doing a few of the young royals for Vogue with Anna Harvey, with Patrick, and we didn't really know who was going to be there, and and we had a few lovely young ladies, and then the, this sort of tall, leggy blonde comes bouncing up the stairs, bounding up the stairs, and sticks her hand out, and big smile, and I mean, 
she has you immediately. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you met her, Twiggy. I'm sure you I didn't. Knew her. I didn't know her well, but we we did meet. We did meet. Uh, funny enough, at a Richard Avedon exhibition at the National right. Portrait Gallery, yeah. and she was the royal there. And yeah. Um, yeah. so I got to meet her and chat to her, and she was just so lovely. Yeah. Well, she had that amazing, those big blue eyes, that enigmatic smile, and that she had a, an incredible way of disarming you straight away, so that you weren't. You weren't kind of put off by this royal persona, yeah, you know, exactly. this kind of, and, and she was just this lovely, you know, leggy, slowly blonde lady, you know, and, <laughs> and really funny, really giggly and like a little girl, really. And we had such a good a couple of hours taking pictures and Patrick had her on the floor in a big ball gown and she she's kind of looking at me going, what, what's happening here? I said, don't, don't worry, just go with it, it's fine, it's okay, you'll be fine. And she didn't understand a word he was saying, so I'm translating. And we kind of hit it off and at the end of the shoot, she said, because her hair was quite big then and I had made it, faked it into looking quite short for the it shoot. Looks and amazing. Um, she said, oh, do you think, what do you think? What would you do with my hair? And I said, well, you, why don't you just... It, this was 1990, by the way. Okay. So we were moving from the kind of big dynasty through the 80s into... Which she, which I have to say, looking back, she looked amazing there too. But I think... Uh, you know what it's like with a haircut? I would never force it on someone. You have to sense when someone is ready for a change and is sending the right signals. Yeah, and she absolutely. said, what would you do? And I said, I would just cut it all off and start again and kind of go for this sort of, you know, almost Linda Evangelista sort of androgynous sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Um, slightly more mass, l less frilly, um, 90s kind of, because we were going into this sort of power suit era. And uh -huh. and we were, you know, I'd be working for Vogue for all this years, so I was immersed in that world. And um, she said, should we do it now? So I, I put a plastic bag around her and uh, one of the garment <laughs> bags around her and cut her hair off. And then I went off to Paris to do the, um, we were shooting couture the next day in Paris uh, with Patrick. And um, and look, the, the phone was going crazy. The whole world had gone mad. Because so I was spending most of my time in New York. So I was really that aware of the power she had or the, you know, I wasn't really in that world. And uh, it was quite, uh, yeah, it was quite extraordinary. And uh, and then I worked with her for seven years after that and did did lots of more iconic shoots. And also we, we she took me to lots of incredible places like Mother Teresa's in India and to refugee camps in, there's one particularly where we went to on the Afghan-Pakistani um, border to this place where one of the newsreaders had set up a limb-fitting limb centre and she was going there to to bring some attention to his charity. And it was so devastatingly sad because uh, th th they had put um, uh, bombs into toys so that oh, they would, the, the kids would get hurt. And, and, and she but she was amazing. And I never understood why she wanted me to go there with her. She said, no, you guys are coming with me. It wasn't a big team. It was very small. She, she did her own makeup, but she had a lot of hair and she couldn't cope with doing her own hair as well. So she took me with her and she said, but come and see what I do. And I think she just wanted us to understand what it was she did. I mean, it wasn't all film premieres and, and um, you know. No, I think uh, she did. I it, mean, it was she was much, much more than that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, it, I, and that was, for me, I got to experience those things that most people would never get yeah, to experience. Most people in my world would never get to experience. And I will always be grateful for that, really. Absolutely. No, it's lovely. Because I'd be in, that... I'd, 
she she'd be just embracing all these people and i i'd be in tears around the corner you know thinking oh my oh. god i can't cope with this you know because i she had she had that natural sort of quality that i guess nurses have and people who 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 are naturally healing you know did you or do you only work because when i was modeling all those years ago if you worked for vogue you couldn't work for harpers because they were like arch enemies or can you can you cross over yeah i think for a model it was different but for us it's fine it was, it was uh, but i just my, my career has mostly been vogue but uh, because they kind of dominate the fashion world really but but in recent years there's lots of other magazines no i, I think for for hair and makeup it's fine you don't see us. You don't see us. We're just we're just a tiny little name at the bottom of the page. <laughs> Get smaller by the year. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you ever know Leonard and Vidal? I didn't know either no. of them. No, because no. again, it was a that ten year difference. Yeah. Yes, is yes, quite yes, big, yes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think well, I know Leonard trained under Vidal. I only I only knew Vidal vaguely. Because again, I was I was so young, and he I think he was probably living in America then. I I know Daniel. I know Daniel Galvin. Oh yeah, I, well I did he, a bit he did of my highlights for Daniel. I know. I uh, I did a bit of freelance for Daniel um, in the yeah in the nineties. Yeah, and okay. uh, and I sent Diana to Daniel too. He's he's, he's a yeah, really so, lovely man. He's lovely, really. and he's still he's still um, working in the salon. Amazingly, I know. I know he sent know. me a text the other day, and I hadn't heard from him for ages. It was nice to hear from him. Yeah, I worked with him about or oh, well, well, we lost three years with co two years with yeah, COVID, course, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, so it would yeah, be bef yeah. before yeah. COVID. I did a promotional thing, and and he and it was lovely, and we had so much to yeah, catch up on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, so um, going forward, will you stop doing photo shoots or will you always do that? Well, I was, I'm not going to stop doing photo shoots because that's what I do. And I love and I do lots of shows now as well. I mean, we've done loads of shows over the years because because suddenly I remember I did a fashion show when I worked at Malton Brown and they had there were eight models in the show and we had two, maybe three hairdressers. And now you know, doing a Chanel show, there's a hundred models and 30 hairdressers, you know. A hundred I mean, models? Yeah, a hundred models, <laughs> one outfit each. Whereas back in the day, there'd be eight models and they had five or six changes, you know. Yeah. So it's a, it, everything, you know, everything has is massive. Everything, every shoot is tenfold what it used to be, you know. And it's kind of sad because sometimes you're on a shoot and there's so much production and so many people, so many people, you kind of lose that spark sometimes it just becomes a machine you know because yeah. sometimes i long for just the four or five or six people on a shoot and that was it you know but um, i guess thing, things change that's that when i was modeling i mean this is late 60s that's what it was it was the yeah. photographer i mean i was lucky because i again all those guys you were mentioning i didn't ever work with uh patrick de michelle right. which i always wanted to sadly i never got to work with him but i were i've Avedon, Burt Stern, yeah, Helmut yeah. Newton, Norman Parkinson, Barry Lattigan, who took my first picture. Um, I have that picture. I have I have the Bar I have a print of the Barry Lattigan oh. in my hall. The hysterical thing was that was the first professional photo taken of me, and it's probably the most famous one. Is it, you think? Yeah, I think I think it's the one that most people 
remember. It's the iconic one. Is yeah, it the yeah, one yeah, with yeah. the yes, fair isle exactly. sweater? Fair Isle, yeah. yeah. yeah it's that one. And that really. was the first time I'd ever sat in front of a, a professional camera. Was it? Yeah. Wow. And he just and he was so sweet, Barry, thank God. And a really brilliant ph- I mean, I was lucky because he took my first picture and he was a brilliant photographer. He was an incredible and his lighting was yeah, amazing. Incredible, yeah. And so he just sat me on a chair and said, look it, look into the lens and just talk to me. And I didn't do anything really. <laughs> so Patrick funny was a bit like that. Patrick, Patrick would, would sit someone down and, say, oh, and a few frames. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a big sort of. Well, I had, I had a fit. You know, if you, if you haven't got, if you haven't got the shot in the first, 15 you're not gonna you're not gonna get it no i i know what you mean i know what you mean i went with penn quite a bit when i was in new york in the 80s and, and i remember there was one particular shoot with him with paulina poritzkova with polly mellon oh polly polly yeah the lovely polly and uh he he, he spent an hour or so and it, then he, he just turned around and he went no this is not working for me and Polly said, oh what, what nothing and it's uh, we're done, and and the, the whole shit was finished. That was it. He didn't like the clothes. He didn't like anything at all. And and, he, and it wasn't a big fuss. It was like, no, this is this is. We're not going to do this. This is not working. Well, it's interesting because of all the people I met in that era, and I met, I was sent to him very early on, and he was not very nice, wasn't he? And he and he, he said he just said, come back in five years when you're older. <laughs> wow, then, he was definitely had his had his thing going, yeah. yeah. And then, so I never, I I never worked with him until we were doing my one and only, right? And they asked to do, I wonder, I forget what magazine it would have been for, probably Vogue or, or was he was he Harper's? I can't. No, remember. he was Vogue. He, he was, was Vogue. Vogue. Yeah, yeah. Vogue. Uh, so me and Tommy, he wanted yeah. to, they wanted yeah. to do a picture. And it was a very peculiar shoot. He wouldn't have music on. And he kept telling me to shut my eyes. And Tommy said to him, you do realise her eyes are probably <laughs> what people <laughs> recognise her from. Why do you keep telling her to shut her eyes? I, I, mean, I did a shoot He was with a once. bit weird. I did a shoot with him once from Vogue and with Linda Evangelista. And he just, he, it was Bob Mackie dresses and... It was again. It wasn't working how we wanted it to work. So um, Linda was dancing in the dressing room, and I, I, I said to him, "She looks really great when she's dancing." I mean, I don't know why I said that because you didn't really say things like that to him, you know. <laughs> Linda's and so so he took all the pictures of Linda dancing, and at the end he turned to me and said you've brought the devil to my studio. And I was, I was kind of, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> they said, I haven't done moving pictures for 30 years. But they were amazing and they printed them. So, so wow. I, I, yeah. That's, so, that's yeah. amazing because yeah. I think, I think. well, it's nice to hear that he was a bit strange with other people, not only Well, he was just, he was, he was from a different era, wasn't he? He was kind of, he was quite distant. He was, he was like a schoolmaster, wasn't he? He was quite stern. And didn't really, he didn't really, um, he didn't have a lot to say. He didn't really interact with you, did no, he? Or, or, no. Um, whereas, did you ever, did you ever meet, yeah, again, it's probably too early, Bert Stern, who was... I did, sh- I worked with Bert Stern once. Oh, I did a few I lo- shoots with Bert Stern. He was lovely, yeah. Oh, he was like a big puppy dog, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, I loved yeah, Bert. Yeah, he was great. Well, when I first went to New York in 1967, he did a documentary on my visit. 
So he Did just he? followed me around for three oh, weeks. Oh, I'd love to see that. And, um, yeah, they were shown on American TV. Uh, Twiggy in New York, Twiggy in LA and Twiggy Y. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. You've worked with so many amazing models and photographers. I'm not going to ask you who's your favourite, but um, it must well, be. But you know, yeah. you know, you you can't have a favourite because everyone no, has everyone has different reasons for you know you you have different relationships with everyone, don't you? You know, and and they come at different times in your life. And and do you know what I love? I have really loved recently Instagram because I'm now in touch with models that have gone back to live in, I don't know, Midwest, and they've got kids and grandkids. And and years ago, I wouldn't have, I would never have seen them again. But now I'm like, oh, my God, how are you? Da, 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 da. And you, you kind of, because you work with a model for, I don't know, five, six years, however long yeah. the career is, sometimes much longer than that now. And and it's really nice to to reconnect with people because you 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 do build strong relationships because you're touching each other you're working very closely with each other and I've really enjoyed reconnecting with lots of different people on social media and what's been amazing recently is that there is a kind of there is a demand which is growing and growing for older models models who are yeah. you know models who are in their 50s 60s 70s and and I that say, is just going. fantastic <laughs> keep going absolutely hairdressers too hopefully you know i mean there's a big market out there for that you know and finally oh. but well you've been doing that for a long time because you did your mns thing quite early on before people had sort of finally admitted that older women were had buying power you know well if you think about it most people people certainly over 60 and probably over 50, their kids have grown up. And so they're spending on themselves again. Yeah, and everyone still wants to look good, you know. Yeah, Because it's different from when we were young because, I mean, you know, our mothers were probably, you know, older than their years when they were in their 40s, but it's not like that now. No. No, I agree with you 100%, which is why... You know, I got involved in that side of the business, apart from the fact that I love it and I've always made my own clothes, mainly because in the 60s I couldn't get the clothes I wanted because I was a mod, you see, and you couldn't yeah. you couldn't buy teenage clothes. They did clothes for your mum and they did clothes for kids. There was no interim. And was that, was that a late 60s thing when that started? Well, Bieber kind of came along, didn't it? No, mod started in the early 60s. Bieber, Barbara Hulanicki, who's one of my dearest friends, who I love to bits, um, she changed all that, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she opened this amazing... Again, you were probably too young, but she opened... No, no, I, I remember Bieber because my friend Lily was the PR uh, in, oh, okay. in, um, in, um, in the big shop, you know? Yeah, so the Derry and I, that Tom. was one of the shops I went to, first went to when I came to London in the mid seventies. Wasn't yeah. it amazing? Yeah. It's, it was incredible. I mean, you couldn't really, you can't. It's hard to describe to someone who never been there for, for the scale of it and just the the, the detail of it is extraordinary. Do you remember those Bieber beans, Bieber baked <laughs> beans, and all that with the black label? I mean, it was incredible. I know. She's amazing. She lives in Miami now, but I, I, I mean, know I, we we follow each other on Instagram. Oh, do so, I love? Yeah, I love. Yeah, she yeah. makes me laugh probably yeah. more than anyone. She's so gorgeous. 
Oh, it's been so lovely chatting. We actually, before we came on 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 air, so to speak, um, you did remind me because I've got a brain like a sieve, a memory like a sieve, that we did work together with Nick Knight. We did. We for did. For... That must have been a what. 15 years ago, something like that, 10 years well, ago. Well, I hate I to break it to you. Was it, was it 25? It was the millennium issue, oh, which was 23 years ago. That is scary. <laughs> that That is scary. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That is, uh, that is blimey. And I, I thought I was old then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining me on my podcast. Oh, I forgot to ask you, are you Go a on. tea drinker? Because we're having tea I, with I'm a, I'm a tea drinker, yes, in my lovely mug that Kate Moss gave me for Christmas, wouldn't you, would you believe? Um, so, yeah, William I'm Morris. My William Morris mug, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Yorkshire decaf. Um, I do occasionally do the caffeine, but it's. I think it's not good for my arthritis. It's a bit inflammatory, so I, I like the Yorkshire decaf because it tastes exactly the same as the, the normal oh, stuff. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that's it's good. good to know. Well, I'm yeah. on my lemon and ginger for my throat. Well, I carry <laughs> I'm still my, a bit I've got my little bag of tea bags and my mug travels all over the world with me because you cannot get a good cup of tea in New York or in oh, Paris. Tell me. In New York, they, they, they pour wa- hot water, not boiling water, yeah. on... Yeah. On a tea bag, it's disgusting. Yeah, no. Dishwater, disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, we need to do, teach them how to make tea. But <laughs> oh god, if you're in New York on down in the West Village, uh, my friends have a lovely, lovely, tiny little English tea room called Tea and Sympathy, where all the expats congregate, and she does fantastic roast dinners. They have all the chocolate, all the the um, scones, uh, high tea, all that kind of stuff. So if you're in New York and you feel a bit homesick, that's the place to go. Tea oh, and brilliant. sympathy. Brilliant. Yeah. I shall I shall go when I go back to New York. Anyway, thank you for joining me and good luck with the products and I'm sure they'll they'll be flying off. Thank you. Can people get them everywhere? Uh, you can buy them on our website at sammcknight.com or you can buy them in Space NK, uh, soon to be in lots of other places. And on cult beauty too. Okay, lovely. I wish you a very late Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you, and the same to you, Twiggy. It was lovely to um, talk to you. Lovely to chat to you. Bye. Ah, oh, he's so lovely. I do remember now the shoot we did together, and um, it was extraordinary. And what a life! And as he said, never say no to anything. You never know what it's going to lead to. See you soon. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. 
I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. You just heard a stripped media production.